because we're still in Genesis. Okay, that's what we covered before we left, all of those things. It's going to be a little easier to read. Well, not really. It's still small print. So uh, part 18 is going to be a podcast, and I wrestled with it, whether to do it here or to share it in the podcast. Uh, again, the, the Bible's full of mature subject material, and, and I'll, I'll wrap this in a neat nutshell for us this morning. And it's, it's very simply in the title there. God is still working even when things go horribly wrong. And if you go to Genesis chapter 33 and 34, a lot of things go horribly wrong in Israel, Jacob. You know, at that point, you're f- calling him fairly if you call him either one. Because while God did, last time we were together, God changed his name. Uh, Israel hadn't really started to identify himself that way yet. And and we'll see that today, that he'll fully embrace being Israel. But uh, part of the reason all that stuff goes wrong is, is Jacob, Israel, was tempted to stay in one spot that God hadn't called him to be there. And, And the Scripture doesn't just point blank say that he wasn't called to be there, but... If you if you get the 10,000-foot view of the story like we do, you can see that all this horrible stuff happened and God was using it to gently move, or not so gently move, Jacob on down the road where he wanted him to be. And, and there's stuff in there that, that I, I, I didn't want to have to send the kids out to cover it. And... That, that's the nature of the Bible. There's things that, you know, people say the Bible is boring, and then they watch some really questionable stuff on TV. Well, guess what? There's a lot of questionable stuff if you pay attention in Scripture. And, I mean, you, you can't, Hollywood can't come up with better stories. I'll just be real. They can't. They can try, but they won't come up with something better you know, if you want dramatic television, 33 and 34, there it is for you. But we're going to go into part 19. And I titled it Jacob No More. And we're introducing Joseph. Genesis chapter 35. God said to Jacob, Arise and go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and go and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel that I may make there an altar to the God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. Okay, the the reason I struggled with not doing that in this service, is it, it's really hard to make that connection of, of what Jacob's saying here, that the God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. We, when you go back and you read 34 and 35, you'll see that God was with Jacob through some horrible things. And, and the horrible things in Jacob's life are not done. <laughs> okay? We're, we're going to run into one of those here later, and we'll handle it as discreetly as we can. 
It's one verse in the Bible, and it's setting up later things, which I love. I love that that when God authored Genesis through we most scholars believe it was just Moses who wrote it, but there there's other scholars who say there may have been multiple authors. They all write in the same style. So it's hard for me to say, yeah, that was a bunch of guys. Even if they were, man, the way God puts this together. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods they had and the rings that were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree that was near Shechem. Now, this is not me getting up here and railing on jewelry. Okay, don't think about that for a moment. You have to understand the culture that these people came out of. They, they all have their ties back to ancient Mesopotamia. I'm not an expert in Mesopotamian culture, but I know a lot. And I know that they were very idolistic, that they had small to medium to large to giant statues of gods that they worshipped. And a big part of that worship was the way that they fashioned and wore jewelry. Okay, if you go back to previous stories, Isaac and Rebekah, <clears throat> you get this nose ring thing. And uh, there were two things nose rings were used for in, in that culture. One of them was to mark a bride-to-be. The other was to mark a woman of ill repute. Okay, that's what those were. And, and the woman of ill repute, that was actually a mark of worship to a deity in Mesopotamian culture. Okay? What Jacob is telling all of the members of his household is, that stops here. We're done with it. He said, any of the jewelry that you use to identify with a, a pagan god, you're going to put it in this basket, sack, hole in the ground, whatever, however the method was. You're going to put it here. You're going to take those little gods. And he's talking directly to one of his wives because she stole all the idols out of Laban's house. She, she's as guilty as anybody. His favorite wife. And he's saying, honey, it's done now. It may have run in your family, but it runs out here. I'm telling you, we could harp on that a while. <laughs> that, that God would say the same thing to us. The, the things that have generationally held your family captive from going deeper into His presence, it may run in your family, but honey, it runs out with you. This is a terebinth tree. I had to look it up. Because the, the translators, a lot of them, because the translations that we have, King James's translation, they're going to translate it closer to what they know. And some of your Bibles may read the oak tree at Shechem. It's not an oak tree. It's closer related to a pistachio tree. Okay, if you're not a fan of the pistachio nut, then you and I may have to have a talk. That's one of the best nuts out there. And, and you look at this, and, and this is a, a terebinth tree in Israel. How fun would it be to dig and bury something under that thing? Look at all those rocks. Now, the other reason that I believe Jacob chose this type of tree, it was very common in the region. 
we're going to bury this stuff here with the intent of it would be very difficult to go back to it. Because how are you going to find it amongst hundreds of trees that look the same? Now, there are other places in Scripture where they put things and bury people under trees because it's a rarity for a tree to be in that location. Or it's a specific type of tree. And, and we'll get JJ's full nerd on on a lot of this stuff as we go. But that, that tree doesn't look like it belongs in, in the wilderness. But that's actually one of the trees that grows there in Israel really promptly and and i misspoke when i said wilderness don't don't think that this tree grows in the desert we're going to cover those later this summer and they're really cool but the terebinth tree is also called the elah tree and elah is representing the elamites or uh, some of the descendants uh anyways we won't get our nerd on there too much but it represents foolishness or misguided strength. What, what a perfect representation of idolatry. It's foolishness and it's, it's misguided use of our strength. How much of Jacob's family's strength had they given to worshiping these false gods? How much of their time and their talent and their effort had gone to what was foolish? And this is a question for us. How much of our time and our talent and our effort are we giving to foolishness? Or we're using up our strength on things that God never intended for us to use it on. This is tough stuff just hidden right here. And as they journeyed, terror from God fell upon the cities that were around them. Okay, a lot of the cities that were around them were part of the problem that you cover in that previous lesson that we didn't get to talk about. Uh, Jacob's sons do some things that make everyone around them consider them a threat and an enemy. And because God put a terror in them, they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. And Jacob came to Luz, which we know as Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, and he and the people who were there with, with him, and he built an altar and he called the place El Bethel because it was there God had revealed himself to him when he was fled from his brother. And Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried under an oak below Bethel. So he called its name Alon Bakuth. And, and I would spend, a, I would give this a, a little more time, but. I just want to connect the dots for you really quickly that Rebecca's nurse, this this was one of the medieval times, this would be like a lady-in-waiting who was the nurse that took care of her from her youth up. So this is her oldest friend that is in the household with Rebecca and Jacob. This is the woman who would have been probably the midwife when Joseph was born. Okay, there, there's a real big reason that her death is marked because she was a close, close member of the family, but also because of what's about to happen later in the story. And I didn't do a good job of looking up what Alan Bakuth means. So 
Blue Letter Bible that. Uh, remind me later in the week if you need to, and I'll look it up. But God appeared to Jacob again. That's one of the things I love about God is, is He showed up again. And it wasn't to wrestle Jacob this time. He appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padan Aram and blessed him. Anybody ever feel like they just didn't quite get what God was saying to them? Because this is what happened to Jacob. You know, Jacob wrestled with God. God breaks Jacob's hip. God blesses him. God changes his name. And here we are again at the exact same spot. And what's God doing? God's blessing him. And God's going to change his name. God's going to reaffirm to him, hey boy, I really did that. You know, in JJ speak, it'd be, hey, listen, dummy, we already went over this. But he's, God said to him, your name is Jacob no longer. Shall your name be called Jacob? But Israel should be your name. And he called his name Israel. There's times I've glazed over that because the wrestling match was when that happened, right? Any doubt about that? The wrestling match was when that happened. So what was going on in Jacob's life that God had to show up and do it again? And I struggled with that for a long time. And I thought, how... How come, God? Why? Why do you have to do this again? And, you know, it's one of those times God's probably laughing at me, but how many times has God had to do it again in my life? How many times have I had to say, you know, God, I, I, I messed up. I, I need you to remind me who I am. I need you to, to, to wash me and make me clean. I need you to do what David said in Psalms, creating me a new heart. And renew a right spirit within me. If David, the man after God's own heart, had to have his spirit renewed, do you think that was a new thing? Or are we seeing it right here in the life of Jacob? And if God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, will He come and tell me something again? Will He remind me over and over and over until I get it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. I love how God doesn't just repeat things, but He builds on it. He says, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from your own body. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to you. And I will give the land to your offspring after you. And he went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. God not only changes his name, but God reminds him and invites him into the covenant that he had made with his father and with his grandfather. Prior to this time, who was in line for all of that? It really was Esau until Jacob tricked him out of his birthright. Had God ever fully acknowledged Jacob as the heir? This is a tough question. Yes, he had. He told his mom. 
He told his mom, if you remember way back. But had God ever confirmed it to a man in the family? And this is not misogynistic. This is the, the culture of the day. What the man said went. And had Isaac struggled with the fact that he gave away the, the birthright and the blessing to Jacob? Yeah, he struggled with it. Because who was his favorite? Esau. And Jacob, what did he do? If, if you remember the account, what did he do? When he came to meet Esau, he sends out all these gifts. And he gives away a huge portion of his wealth to Esau. A lot of people are like, why would he do that? Well, if you give him all your stuff, he has no real reason to fight you unless he hates you. And right here, God's reaffirming this. God's promising Jacob, hey, stay, stay with me. I got this. I'm going to bring you to a, the promise that I promised your family. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place. And when he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone, a pillar of stone. And he poured out a drink offering on it and poured oil on it. So Jacob called the name of the place where God had spoken with him, Bethel. He sets up a stone, pours a drink offering on it, which we'll get into offerings later. Okay, And anytime you see oil being poured out, it is a representation of the Spirit of God. Okay, I'll give you that one really free. The drink offering, there's, there's more to it, and, and we don't want this to turn into a hostage situation. If you didn't catch Facebook, there's a fine line between a long sermon and a hostage situation. So we're going to keep rolling. And then they journeyed from Bethel, and they were still some distance from Ephrath. Rachel went into labor. Why did the fact that her nurse died mean such a big thing? Because now she's going into labor. And when she had a hard labor, and when her labor was at its hardest, the midwife said to her, notice the midwife doesn't get a name here because the midwife was not her nurse, was not her close companion. It was just a midwife. Her midwife said to her, don't fear for you have another son. And as her soul was departing for she was dying, she called his name Ben-Oni, but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died and she was buried on the way to Ephrath. That is Bethlehem. And Jacob set up a pillar over her tomb. And it is the pillar of Rachel's tomb, which is there to this day. <clears throat> uh, Beoni is son of my sorrow. And, and there's other translators that say they, they got that wrong. It was son of my last strength. Which either way, what a, what a sad thing to declare over a child as you're dying. And... And Jacob, or Israel, would rename him Benjamin, the son of my right hand. And his favorite wife dies. Which, in our culture, your, your favorite wife is your wife. But that, that one's, that one's kind of tough, because he buries her, and then he journeyed on and pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Eder. And, and I looked that up. That was a, a shepherd's tower on the other side of Bethlehem. And it was 
just kind of a lookout place for people to watch their flocks graze. And Israel journeyed on. Not Israel and his family journeyed on. He left his family near Bethel. And that's something I glazed over a hundred times, that he went off by himself to grieve. And while he's gone grieving, while Israel lived in that land, Reuben went and lay with Balah, his father's concubine and mother of a couple of his children. And Israel heard of it. Make a long story short, Reuben, the oldest son, the, the term we've used a few times that you're not unfamiliar with is the behor. The, the behor is the rightful inheritance of the father's estate because he's the oldest son. By doing this act, he was acting as though his father were already dying and he was going to step into the role of leading the household. He got way too big for his britches. And from that moment on, it says, and Israel heard of it. From that moment on, you will see in Scripture that Israel will not trust Reuben. The relationship between them is broken and he will not trust him. It's a big part of the story of Joseph. That's the only reason I'm even bringing it up. And that's the only reason those short lines are right there in Scripture. Because otherwise, we don't understand why Israel refuses to listen to plans by Reuben and why Reuben is so desperate to get back into the good graces of his father. Now the sons of Jacob were 12. The sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. And the sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin. The sons of Balah, Rachel's servant, Dan, and Naphtali, the sons of Zilpah, Leah's servant, Gad and Asher, these were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Padaram. And Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre, or Kirbatha, which is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had sojourned. That word sojourn trips me sometimes because it just means that they were Bedouin that they were traveling, traveling, traveling. They never built the home ranch house. They never had a permanent dwelling, which is another thing that's hard for us to grasp. They never built permanent structures. These guys were always moving, following the herd. Now the days of Isaac were 180 years, and Isaac breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people Old and full of days, his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. This is after a, a time, you know, when Jacob and Esau reconciled. Esau invited Jacob to come live with him. Jacob said, go on ahead. We're old, slow, full of kids. We're going to slow you down. We'll meet you there. Esau goes here. Jacob goes here. Because I love my brother, but I don't want to live with him either. Okay. And, and there's more to it, but everything Jacob gave Esau is now restored many times over with the death of Isaac because Jacob becomes the inheritor of the estate. And Isaac was one of the largest land, herd, livestock owners of the ancient world. 
Genesis 36, you can go back and break this down. It's very simple. There's not a lot just hidden there. Uh, the de descendants of Esau, or as I like to call them, the future inhabitants of Canaan that will square off with Israel in the book of Joshua. A lot of these guys will go on to establish many kingdoms in Canaan, and they will be very few times will they be allies of Israel and God will judge them for it. But we don't have time to chase them because we're going to get it. We're going to introduce Joseph really quickly. Uh, Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old. Okay, the start of his story, he's 17. He was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of the other sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a robe of many colors. Okay, I'll point out some of the obvious things real quick. Joseph was the oldest son of his favorite wife. That has a lot to do with why he's the favorite. He's not the oldest son. He's the oldest son of the wife that Jacob absolutely adored. So every day that Jacob looks at Joseph, he sees the memory of his wife that he loved the most. Okay, that, There's a connection we sometimes miss there. The other thing, he was a 17-year-old snot-nosed punk who was a snitch. If you don't like that terminology, you're not an older sibling. You're the baby or the only child if you do not understand those terms. Okay? Older siblings in the room, you hear me. You can relate to, to Joseph's brothers. Man, I'm telling you, many times Daniel and I squared off over things like this. Not that he was the favorite. I'm the favorite. But he... He made the mistake one time of going and telling mom that I had hit him. Mom took me and disciplined me, you know, what I would have deserved had I hit him. She spanked me and I didn't cry. I turned and looked her in the eye and I said, I'm going to go make an honest man out of your youngest. And I stormed off and before she could get there, I clocked him. <laughs> I said, now I hit him. You can spank me again if you need to. And... My mom was a just woman. She asked him, did he hit you the first time? <laughs> no. Happy times got doubled up. I got to watch him get spanked because we had a rule in our house. Lies were three spankings. Hitting, I got one. Oh, man, it was a good time. Anyways, I've chased that rabbit far enough. But Joseph never hid his affection, or Jacob never hid his affection for Joseph. He gives him a special coat. And, and we, can, we can blow hot air and get mad about you shouldn't have favorite kids, this, that, or the other. But Jacob's only human. And, and Jacob is dealing with this child from a position of grief. Every time he looks at this child, he remembers his wife that he loved and lost. There's a reason he treats Joseph different 
Then he treats Zebulun. Then he treats Reuben. I'm not going to name them all, but the only other one he treats similar to that is young Benjamin. Okay, there's connections sometimes we miss because we lullaby it. We've got to keep moving. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers. They hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. They hated him to the point where everything they said to him was hateful. That's some severe hate and hostility. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. And he said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed, and bowed down to my sheaf. His statement, I have dreamed. And, and this is where a lot of people won't like my view of Jacob be, or Joseph because we, we put Joseph on this, oh, he was so full of faith. He was, we put him on that scale. No, he's a 17-year-old punk kid who had a dream, and he tells it to his brothers, and, and from my position and my view, from a stance of arrogance, and he never at all gives God any credit in this moment. You read the account. If you can find it, I'll eat crow. But he never gives God any credit for these dreams. He claims, I have dreamed a dream. And this is what my dream said. And his brother said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? And they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. If he'd have kept it to himself, they'd have never got to hate him over his dreams. But they could sure hate him over his words. And notice that Joseph is never giving an interpretation of these dreams. What's he going to get known for in Egypt? Interpreting dreams. Here he's having dreams. He's not interpreting anything. He's just telling them what the dream is. You, you make up your own mind, dear brothers, what this dream means. Yeah, how's that going to go? I got Nathan and Scott over here, and I'm just thinking, man, imagine 17 year old Nathan coming and telling Scott something like this. Oh, would have been fun. <laughs> and then he dreamed another dream, and he told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. I dreamed another dream. Okay, this is something you don't hear a lot, and that's okay, because. Joseph turns out all right. But I want you to understand that when he's starting out, I, I'm not calling him one of the heroes of faith when he starts out. But that's the pattern of everyone we've studied in Genesis. They don't get it right all the time. That gives me tremendous hope. Even when you have a dream that you're not going to get it right all the time. And sometimes you're not supposed to tell everybody that dream. Or sometimes God will have you telling it to people when maybe you knew better and should have kept your mouth shut. Or you thought keeping my mouth shut was the better plan. But when he told it to his fathers and his brothers, his father rebuked him. Favorite son got in trouble. Rebuked him and said to him, what is the dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? 
And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. The second time around, he still doesn't interpret the dream. The people who hear the story from him interpret it themselves. And Israel rebukes his son. He openly and verbally rebukes him, but in the back of his mind, he's locking it away that maybe this boy's saying something because how many times did it take for God to get through Jacob's head that he was Israel? Two. How many times does Joseph have the dream? Two. Okay, the reason I think he had the dream the second time, you think the brothers aren't going to tell dad about the first dream? Oh yeah, they're going to tell him. Especially when the second dream insults dad. In the back of Israel's mind is, hey, I'm a slow learner too. My son may be a slow learner. Not really. Okay, that's not fair. But in the story of Joseph, this is, this is where we're going to wrap it up today. We're going to watch as he matures in faith. I, I've been guilty a lot in my life of just putting people on that pedestal that they were a great pillar of faith instead of really looking at their life and seeing how they got there. And, and we're going to watch him and see some of our own journey probably along the way. And... And as we look at what God will do in Joseph's life, I think this, this is something that we're going to see in Joseph. He won't always get it right. I find tremendous comfort in that, that he won't always get it right. And even when he gets it right, life isn't easy. And his faith grows to the point where God's going to use him to save his entire family and nation. Does anybody have a bigger goal than that in their walk in faith? That God would use you to save your entire family and your nation. If you can dream bigger than that, there's only one step bigger than that, and it's in the Great Commission that you would go into the uttermost parts of the world. That the whole world could be saved through your story. You sharing the truth of the gospel and how it changed your life. We're going to get to see a small glimmer of that in the life of Joseph. So remember, you won't always get it right. And a lot of times when you get it right, life won't be easy. But it's always there, the opportunity for you to grow your faith. Heavenly Father.